Welcome to that the new. What the What Podcast. I like how you're trying new things out. Well, you know, the you, love song you had, you know, you were singing this one, you get a little gruff. Yeah, you, well, you, you got to try new things out in life. I, I think I'm, they sound great. Yeah, so uh, welcome to the what, what, what the What Podcast. I am your host, Eric Creech, and joining me today, and pretty much every time we do this. Typically. Now that he's dogging it, Pat, he's dogging it, Kyle Whitley. I made it, folks. Yes, I made he is it here. all the way back from um, Fat Camp. Yes, he's all the way back, and uh, we're um, this is the first time we've been in studio for uh, over two weeks. So we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, if you're hearing some running, I think a dog just stampeded. I think, I think producer Ricky just got home and he just let Scooby in the house, so he's probably running to the door wanting to know. Oh, those if guys. you saw me looking around, if you're watching on the YouTube, I was literally I thought the desk was falling apart. Yeah, but it turns out it was a dog running down the hallway. It was just Scooby running down the hallway right outside the studio. That's fine. That's things happen, folks. That's how things work. New things, as Eric said. Absolutely. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I Eric has had the flu, but she's getting better. Thankfully, they gave me Tamiflu to not get the flu. Yes. But I got like a slight headache. But you know, we're good. Got some drink here. What you know in this classic mug? Mug that Eric gave me for Christmas. So uh, I worked really hard on that. I took the um, I took the logo that you created, mm-hmm. the little JPEG, and sent it to a you know company that put it on a mug for me. Mm-hmm. It was um, you did a great job in emailing it to them, or you know, I just attaching a file, fi- attaching the file. That's and they all did, I did. And they, they did, did a great, great job, job making it to the me mug. and not breaking it. So, so good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff. So, How about you? How are you doing, man? Life's good, dude. Life's good. Life is good. Yeah. Good. Good things. All good things. So nice. Um, today. Um, we're just going to jump right into this, I guess. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> um, well, well, this one kind of ties in. We'll tie it together later, but uh, just some news. Okay. Today they came out. Uh, they've been talking for a while now about the Mighty Ducks series on Disney Plus is going to happen. Yes. They've officially announced today that uh, Emilio Estevez Emilio has signed Estevez. on. Estevez. He has signed on for sure. He's going to be Gordon Bombay. Bombay. He said it's time to put the jacket back on. Um the only thing I have concern about Zonger Brown, I'm a huge Mighty Ducks fan. Like I like the Anaheim Ducks because of the Mighty Ducks movies growing up. But the thing that concerns me is every little article I've seen so far is the Ducks are the bad guys now. Yeah, that it's saying sound that good. the Ducks. I mean, Scooby doesn't like that. Yeah, but, we heard Scooby just barking now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they're saying that like some kids get kicked off the Ducks team, and now the mom's going to step up and help them start their own team. Um, I have a feeling maybe like it's turned into a league thing right. where it's just you know graduated because it says Gordon Bombay is going to come back and teach them the fun of hockey. So it seems like either he's going to come to the Ducks or he's going to come back and help this other team right. and be like it's a disgrace to everything I ever did before with how they're doing the league now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But either way, he's supposed to be a good guy. I'm excited about this. Well, you know what Harvey Dent said in The Dark Knight? Oh, yeah? You either die a, vil- or a hero mm-hmm. or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's true. This is the Mighty Ducks. They've been the heroes for so long. They're now turning into the villains. I, I love the, um, if that's the case, I, I like the, you know, the curveball there. You mm-hmm. know, I mean. I feel like he's, you know, so, he's out of it. If I'm taking guesses here, you know, record this now. We'll see later this year when it comes out. Yeah. But I'm thinking he's been out of this situation for a long time. They've kept the Ducks name because of, you know, how the it changed, you know, that local area for everyone. I guess Team USA, they went on to do that too. Uh, but how they changed the area, and so, you know, now all the teams continue just to be called the Ducks. The same way, you know, I guess it was, who was, who was the 
the Hawks was the villains before. Right. So I imagine, you know, now that the Ducks were the good guys and came in, that maybe the Hawks aren't there anymore. They just named the Ducks as the team that goes forward forever. Well, and, it's, uh, well it's just, it's all, you know, just from an interesting point of view, to the Ducks were the heroes for us because they were positioned that way. Sure. Um, but depending on who you are, like, you know, in that movie universe, the Ducks are probably, you know, like a dynasty. Like, you know, they're, they're the villains. They're the, the New England Patriots, the Chicago Bulls, the Lakers. I mean. So you're calling the, the Duck Dynasty. The Duck Dynasty, literally, okay. yeah. So okay. happy, happy, happy. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, I don't know. Just, you know, an interesting shift in perspective there might be like, you know, maybe it's told from another perspective. It's like, hey, these are the guys that we couldn't beat forever. And now mm-hmm. I'm grown up and I've got a kid and we're going to beat them. You know, Could I don't be. know. I just, I'm we'll excited for happens. it. I think it'll be really interesting. I would love if Joshua Jackson came back. I feel like Charlie at least needs to make an appearance at some point. Yes. Keenan Thompson uh, needs to, for sure. You know, show up. You know, There's maybe a lot some of kind of cameo role. I mean, maybe he can be a over exuberant dad, thinking, "Come on, son, I used to do this." <laughs> mm, let me show you how to do the knuckle putt. Yes. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited for it just because it's something I love anyway. So we'll see what happens with it. But I'm at least glad to see that Emilio Estevez is coming on. He's taking a role into it so that it. Still has like continuity to it. Yes. So Emilio Estevez Estevez. Yes. So um, now we're ready. Yes. Unless you have so. other news. No, I have no other news. Um, we are excited to dive into the 1995 film, Heavyweights, 20, celebrating its 25th anniversary this month. Um, this came about um, when we were looking at um, new episodes in this year and. I literally went to films that came out in 1990, films that came out in 1995 because they're celebrating 30th, 25th, 20th anniversaries. And Heavyweights was on the list. And when we're going through, you're like, oh, we should do that. Turns out Eric never seen Heavyweights. I never saw that movie. And I was like, sure, let's do it. And I was like, I knew it was on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. Um, Never saw it until Tuesday. And so uh, I'm excited to maybe put a fresh set of eyes on it. Um, mm-hmm. You've got memories behind it. I don't, but we can talk well, about that. Well, that's kind of cool, though, because you'll compare how you as an adult seeing it for the first time versus me being a kid seeing it and then just seeing it again as an adult. It's really interesting because most of the time when we do stuff, I feel like I'm an expert on most of the topics we talk about. That's true. I'm usually the one just kind of throwing things in, and you you're and the one. So it's kind of a role reversal here today. So a I'm, I'm going to be really leaning on you. Not too much. I haven't lost that much weight. But Well, <laughs> we'll fall down together. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're excited to dive into this film today with today's episode. But before we do that. Before. If you haven't, and if you haven't, why haven't you? Please subscribe to this podcast on one of many platforms. We're on all the major platforms. Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're hosted through Podbean. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio now, by the way. That's um, awesome. Radio Public, TuneIn. I mean, just you name it, we're pretty much hosted there. So um, search for us um, by searching for What the What Media. All one word. All one word. And please rate and review us. We take five-star reviews. I think we should put that on a shirt. Yep. Like What the What media. What the what on the front. What the then, What Media. Yeah, just all one all word one on the word. back. Or like um, a, that's that could be like our political slogan where we're not political at all. It's yeah. just like what the what twenty twenty <laughs> all one word all one word. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So five star reviews and go ahead and follow us on Twitter at wtw underscore media and on Facebook and Instagram at what the what media. Also, one more thing, just if, one. If you like this episode or any of the other thirty four what the what episodes then we would please ask that you share this episode with at least one friend. Tag us on social media if that's where you end up sharing it, and we will give you and the person you shared it with a shout-out the next time we record. No one's actually taken us up on this offer yet. That's true. So I'm wondering how many people are actually listening to like us. Wait. Like, please give us, um, give us some publicity. And 
We like, actually, no, we're actually not going we to. We have one for the video game one. Because right before we came in. Well, that's next episode, though. But I'm saying, like, we'll get there. But Kevin Strickland tagged two people. That's true. So we're not going to include him here because it wasn't about this it one. It wasn't about this one, but next next one. We, we, Just we'll a spoiler alert. Spoiler. Next week. Next week, Kevin, Kevin Strickland, Strickland, you're getting a shout-out with whoever you tag because I don't even know who it was. It, technically, head. it's kind of a shout-out now. But we'll <laughs> get a more dignified <laughs> shout-out next week. A more official shout-out. It's good to make things official. Don't mm-hmm. you agree? True. Um, so on today's episode, by the way, hi, YouTube. On today's episode, we are discussing heavyweights. If you have not seen this movie, Huge spoiler warning. Not a huge spoiler warning like The Incredible Hulk, but a huge, huge spoiler warning. Big fat warning. Yep, big fat warning. That's mm-hmm. a good play on words there. Mm-hmm. It is on Disney Plus, so go watch it. Please. And then come back and listen to us talk mm-hmm. about it. Well, listen to Kyle talk about it and me react to it. So, with that in mind, are you ready for the best dang summer of your life? Yes. Okay, cool. Sorry, I didn't know you were waiting for me to give you an answer. Well, yes, that, I am. That's a line from the movie. I, I heard um, it. I didn't know if there a, was... It's actually a modified line because we are a family-friendly show. I didn't know if there was a second line coming. That's why I was waiting. No. Um, yes, I'm but, ready. But we are a family-friendly show, and I don't have a button that could censor out words. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we were doing it comedically, it still probably wouldn't look good on us. So um, we're not going to use those words. Instead, I'm using the word dang um, to replace, you know, whatever. So... Uh, quality word. Quality word. Uh, some basic information about the movie Heavyweights, uh, released in 1995, directed by Stephen Brill, written by Stephen Brill, and a guy named Judd Apatow. Hmm. He sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. He, I think he, uh, was it Knocked Up was something he did, um, 40-Year-Old Virgin, um, p- movies we probably should not be discussing. He did on, a lot. On this podcast. Uh, wasn't he Freaks and Geeks? He was. Um, and Andy uh, Cockrell's favorite, favorite show. He was. I was um, trying to remember what else. He did a lot more, and even more similar movies like what we're talking about right now. But yeah. I can't yeah. think about it off the top of my head. I don't we know. probably should have written this down. Um, this was filmed over the course of two months in the spring of mm-hmm. 1994 at Camp Pinnacle in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Yeah, I'd, honestly, it was a surprise for I me. No I didn't know idea. it was in It makes me want to go there. Yeah. Like, it's probably nothing similar because it's been how much? 25 years? 25 years, yeah. So the things have probably changed. But I would hope there's at least like a little plaque somewhere that was like, this movie was filmed here. Yep. So um, this film centered around a fat camp for kids that is taken over by a fitness guru named Tony Perkis, played by Ben Stiller. Um, I don't, like I said, I've seen the movie one time. This is where I would normally tell you what happened. But because I am. Only one watching, one viewing into it. Kyle, tell yeah. us what happened in this movie. Well, part of me wants to drive there even more so now, and just like with my bags, and be like, "Hey, I'm here for Fat Camp," and see like what the people do there. I mean, I probably would not even be the first person. But uh, anyway, jumping in, uh, name main character, name main main character, uh, Jerry Garner with a G, two G's, played by Aaron Schwartz. Yes. Uh, the whole movie centers around him, centers around him and his friends, but it's mostly him and then the friends he makes. But uh, it starts off last day of school, comes out of class, the bell rings. Your typical, you know, ready for summer. Mm-hmm. First off, you're a teacher. Have you ever? I, we didn't experience this. We didn't do it. But in movies like this, and it happened in this one, as soon as the bell rings, he goes out in the hall. Everybody's grabbing stuff out of their locker, chunking it everywhere. It's all over the floors. It's just everything, their belongings are literally dumped out everywhere. I mean, there's another movie I've seen. Last day of school, kid walks out, dumps everything in the trash can, including like all of his books and everything else. It keeps going. It's literally a nightmare scenario if that were to ever happen. Because here's the thing, kids, if you're listening to this. Teachers want to go home at the end of the school year, too. Mm-hmm. 
So um, you trash the hallways. You kind of keep us there for a lot longer than we So would. does that happen, though? It does not happen. Well, it, I didn't know. Like, we rule with an iron fist, okay? Those kindergartners <laughs> respect That's you. right. They're respectful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but no, that does okay. not happen. Yeah, it crossed my mind. Um, I was like, I wonder if that happened. You also see, like, you know, which I work at elementary school, so you hopefully wouldn't see this, but you also see, see like, the jock and the cheerleader, like, making out in That's the hallway. True. And it's like, that doesn't happen either, I don't think. No. It I, didn't happen at North Johnston when we went there, did it? I mean... If it did, it wasn't out. It, was, it like wasn't that. in front of us. I mean, no, because I wonder too. Like, I don't know if it addresses it. I assume he's like upper or middle school age to possibly lower high school age. I'm thinking like because some of the characters seem more high school age. Yeah. Some seem a little. I'm lower. thinking it's like a high school, like in Boy Meets World, where high school went from seventh grade up. Okay, we'll go with that. So anyway, he's coming out. Uh, him and his friend are talking. He's walking out. Uh, he's throwing his stuff all away, everything else, and he realizes he misses his bus. The bus is pulling away. That doesn't happen either. We make sure every kid gets yes, on the bus because, again, we're not waiting. <laughs> so the bus takes off. He takes off after it. Um, it just kind of does like a montage of him going. His whole idea is he's going home. It's, you know that feeling, folks. You know, it's the first day of summer technically because school's ended. So if summer officially started when that bell rang, uh, he's already got in mind all the things that he's excited to do for summer which is probably not much of anything. He was just excited to hang out, which is a lot of times what I did. I would end up making, we talked about earlier in some of our episodes about how you know, I would try to plan out the perfect summer or whatever. Yes. But either way, he had plans. He shows up, though, weird car in the driveway, doesn't know what's going on, uh, goes inside. His dad's like, you know, we got somebody that wants to meet you, son. And, you know, I don't remember that guy's name, no, but uh, it's a guy, a representative from this camp, Camp Hope. And so he sits down. He's like, I want to watch a video. He's like, I got plans. You know, I'm not going to summer camp or whatever. Yeah. But the video starts. It's showing the cool things. There's this giant thing called a blob. A blob. You got go-karts. I mean, yes. it looks really awesome. And then. And then he, he, he realizes it's a fat camp because little Jerry Garner is actually a little on the chubby side. Just a little bit. You know. He honestly is not huge. He's not. Like, no, he's not. I mean, a lot of those kids are not really that big, which is. You know, we had a lot of fat shaming in the 90s, apparently. Cause, I mean, that but the thing I preach about this movie is because I was a fat kid. So seeing this movie, I kind of related with certain characters. Where I was never gigantic, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm a big dude. I still am big dude. But, like, that age, I was considered fat. So mm-hmm. you relate to this, where all of a sudden he's going to a place where everybody's just like him. But uh, he doesn't want to go. He argues with his dad. He ends up going anyway. Next thing you know, he's on a plane by himself flying yeah, to this camp. Literally, I love that little, you know, I'm not going in. Next thing, plane. Plane. And he's That's not how even, this works. I mean, <laughs> he's not on the plane with his family. His parents didn't go with him. They just sent him on a plane. Put him on a plane. Uh, the the stewardess comes by, gets him some little wings, a little pin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Russ Tyler, not Russ Tyler. Roy. Uh, Roy. Yes. Russ Tyler played by Keenan Thompson in Mighty Ducks. Roy played by Keenan Thompson. In heavyweights. He's like, hey, you going to fat camp? Yeah. Like, why would like, you say that? Because you're you fat. Know, you're fat. <laughs> so that's your dad? No. Why would you say that? Well, he's, he's fat. fat too. <laughs> like, so it's, it makes it there. It starts going off. They all land together. They get picked up by the bus by Pat, the uh, guy that's been going there for 18 years now. Really, Kenny Thompson had a great line there, uh, w- mm-hmm. which I will probably step in over best quotes, but it's I have fun. it here in my notes here. You're not the fat kid. Everybody's the fat everybody's kid. The Everyone's fat kid. the fat kid. Nobody's going to make fun of you because everybody's the fat kid. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was great. Like, that stood out to me. I wrote that, like, I had my phone out while I was watching it and typing things in, like, when stuff like that would happen. But uh, they go to camp, starts off, you know, they're meeting everybody all together, almost like on the sidewalk, waiting to get picked up by the bus. The bus shows up. Uh, they're all super excited. They're telling him and pumping him up about all the awesome things, how great camp is, how great everything is. By the way, new kid drives. 
Yeah, new kid drives. Oh, wait, you don't have your license? Wait, wait, you, you can't drive a stick? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get going. They pull into camp. Everybody's, like, super nice. Everything's super awesome. Uh, they get, he gets assigned to the chipmunk bunk or the yep. house or whatever. They get in there, and Pat, the, dr- the bus driver, is also the head person for that little unit or whatever. They get in, and they have this giant scene, and I'm going to jump kind of into my, one of my favorite scenes, but all these kids have snuck in candy. Mm-hmm. There's literally a guy with two sausages taped to his back, uh, like and not small, like salamis. We're talking like giant salamis. Yes. Uh, so they do that, They're, and it goes through this whole scene of just them where they hide all their stuff in their cabin. There's literally... I- Visibly, like shuddered when like the kid lifted and it was melted chocolate, Everyone. and the other kid went and, and like, licked oh. it. Just no, see that's beyond me. Now ugh. the sausage, sure, it's been like wrapped and taped to a kid. Like it but, at least but, can but be melted chocolate on the guys. No, no, not not, not happening not for, me. for me. No, that's a no. I'm fat, but not that fat. Don't like but uh, it's cool though because they have like it makes you think. Because growing up in the '90s, I feel like these are type of movies that we related to in certain senses. Right where. They move the bed, and there's this hidden area to hide stuff in. I would love things like that growing up. The fact of, like, I remember my cousins, sorry, I'm going off topic, but they had a laundry chute, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Right, like, you home alone. Yes, yeah. but it's like you can, like, open the door, and, like, you know, I, could, I thought so many times about how I'd, like, propel my G.I. Joes down there on a rope or something. But random little things like that, little secret areas, because, you know, growing up, you had superheroes in movies that had secret compartments and secret, you know, hideaways or whatever. I always thought about that. But anyway, they move the bed. They've got this cutout part that candy and everything gets piled into. The bed posts come apart where they can stick sausages and candy all down. There's hiding places all over this place. Uh, they get excited. They go play on the blob. Uh, they show up to uh, the main, you know, I guess the dining hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, pumping them up about the owners, you know, what do you meet them? They're the best people. Every year they surprise us with something new and great for camp. You know, last year they got some, I remember what they got was at the blob or whatever, but yeah, they get, you like know, this year rumored for, um, was dirt bikes. Dirt he bikes, thought they yeah. were get or jet skis. Jet skis. Jet skis. He thought they were going to get jet skis yeah. this year. So uh, he's excited about that. They come out. Uh, it's this lovely older couple. Played by Jerry Stiller mm-hmm. and, and Mira. Yep. Ben Stiller's parents. Yep. Come out. The Bushkins. Yes. And. Super nice people. Uh, everybody says hi, hi, hi. Uh, there's this big camp, you know, yeah, big tradition. Tradition of how to say hi. They're all excited, and then they break some news that they're no longer the owners of the camp. They yeah, had to uh, enter bankruptcy. They had to file Bank- bankruptcy, and it's been bought. Yes, and they've had to turn it over. They're like, we hope you love these people. You know, these new folks. Hope it's great. You know, can you say another hiya? And they're like, hiya, whatever. Everything's everybody's scared, disappointed. Because they don't know where it's is going, and then you know he comes back for a second. And he's like, "Never let anybody sign your checks." Like we could tell, this wasn't just his poor handling of things. It was somebody messed him up and pretty much messed mm-hmm. this up. So cue your new person. Music starts playing. <laughs> Lars starts talking. <laughs> Here comes in John Cena. No, oh. he probably would. Like if you made this movie today, John he Cena. He would probably be the villain. Yeah, which he that would, would actually be, be good. He'd be a little over the top. Uh, but, uh, Tony Perkins, played by Ben Stiller, he comes in pretty much doing a uh, ten years too early impression of White Goodman from Dodgeball. It's pretty much like it's the exact same character. It's the basically. same character. He comes in, especially for back then, like you had Richard Simmons and other characters. You know, not Sweat, characters. Sweat into the old. Yes, you had people. You're work doing out. it. <laughs> You're becoming mighty. <laughs> pretty much. And so he comes in like now. This camp is no longer a fun camp. It's literally. You're here. We're gonna lose weight, and necessarily like Ben Stiller wasn't horrible. 
with his first intentions. He well, just his, was his coming in. His plan was to make the camp's new exercise regimen into the top weight loss infomercial. Yes. So, like, um, okay, so fine. It, he did have some bad things. He's playing. trying to make money, money off, off these, these, kids. these poor little kids who need to get a little healthier. Yes. Yeah, so they go forward. Uh, it starts off just a little weird where people, you know, now are just, it's not what they were expecting, not what they've dealt with for years past. There's a whole new group of people that work there through this mm-hmm. camp that come in. Everybody's healthy. You have uh, guys like uh, Blade and mm-hmm. Laser and Blade. Oh, wait, no, those, that's not awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, that's also American Gladiators. But, yeah, still. Right. <laughs> but uh, they do all that, and uh, it just continues to get worse. It's it's unhealthy. He's very demanding of these kids. Uh, they have weigh-ins. They have all sorts of issues where, like, they're being denied food. They go all that awesome candy in that huge scene you saw. In your, it's gone. It's raided where everything gets taken away. Uh, character uh, Josh, played by Sean Weiss, mm-hmm. is kicked out of camp because he's very smart mouth, yep. but he's hilarious for me. But to watch him, a great Seymour Butts joke involved. Yes, there. yes. Uh, but he gets kicked out of camp, and nobody knows what happens to him. So the kids keep thinking he's dead. Yep. <laughs> uh, but finally, you know, they're going through things. They're trying to figure out. They break into uh, Tony's house. Uh, well, I think at this point Josh comes back yeah. because his dad is a lawyer and he's threatened to sue. to sue Tony. So they allowed him to come back to camp. But uh, great scene when he comes back and he's like, you know, pretending to be like, um, like a zombie. Or yeah, like a zombie. It or... seemed like he came out of the woods and he was like a zombie coming in, like just or just mm-hmm. uh, his brain has been Josh fried. Josh yep. was bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he snaps out of him, plays a joke on him. Oh, uh, uh, he, uh, Tony. Um, you know, he even invite like he's trying to humiliate them yes. like, by inviting the girls uh, camp Magnolia over mm-hmm. for a dance. Because by the way, this is an all boy camp. Yes. we didn't clarify that earlier, but um, so he invites these all these girls. You know, thinking this will humiliate the boys, and then because they invite them to like a dance, yes. and so it's a big party where everybody's dressed up, mm-hmm. and it, his whole plan is just to humiliate these kids. Yep. But Tim, one of the counselors, mm-hmm. gets out there and you know wants to make dancing fun and. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out to be fun until they pull the plug on it. It's like, oh, you're having too much fun now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know who, who Tim is played by? No. Paul Feach. Oh, okay. So he does this great dance. Uh, I believe that's right. If I'm wrong, so folks, sorry. I think that was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, he does that, and uh, they end up, he breaks the ice where everybody starts dancing together. Next thing you know, the boys and the girls are all having this amazing time. Tony comes in, realizes it, and is shuts it, the whole party. Josh down. that ends up like hooking, like yeah, yeah like ends up hanging out with a girl. Yeah, and Tony <laughs> comes in and shuts the whole thing down because now they're having fun. They're not. He's not humiliating them exactly. Um, so he goes through this whole other scene where he's like, you know, you're not. Well, he's filming a part for his infomercial and comes in. He's like, we're gonna do away, and these boys have been working, blah blah blah. You know, look how much they've lost on the Tony Perkins program. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, the kids have gained weight. Yeah. And he gets really upset. So now he really flips the switch. 20-mile hike. 20-mile 20 20 hike. Is anybody that has not met their weight loss goal was going on a 20-mile hike. Uh, and I want to say, like, uh, Jerry, the main character, his weight was 140-something. Mm-hmm. So he really wasn't that big. Like, he was a shorter kid. But, like, his weight wasn't that much. Like. No. Com- so I think they wanted him to lose twenty pounds or something yeah, I think like that. One twenty two was his goal or something. Yeah. So, but no, he, of course he didn't meet it. But they go on this long hike. Um, all sorts of things end up. Uh, they leave him trapped in the. Well, they they kidnapped. Well, I guess not kidnapped. Well, they trapped fell, him. He fell into a deep pit. Yeah. Okay. They trick him into falling into that deep pit, but he falls into a deep pit. And then they uh, they, they pretty much trap him. They, they put him into an electric him. cage. It's it's illegal, kids. Yes. They uh, they definitely held him, you know, that's kidnapping at that point. It is, and he's in this cage that is electrified, so if he touches it, he gets shocked. 
with a bug but, zapper. But as a kid, though, you thought that was the best thing. Like these kids are finally getting their revenge. Like they're being so initiative. Yes. To or initiative, innovative to build this cage or everything else. That's why you don't use. They've the got to watch. Them. Yeah, the big words will leave for you next time. But uh, anyway, to continue on, cut it short. Uh, he gets out the same day that the parents come to visit. It's a halfway point. Well, hang on, hang on. Before you do that, okay. They had this big bonfire, lots of binge eating, and the next That's morning. That's true. That's true. Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the counselor's been going there since you know he was mm-hmm. ten, so like eighteen whatever years. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells him, "Hey, y'all gotta, you know, how do you feel? Y'all feel like garbage. Y'all need to start. That's you know, true. Like y'all need to start taking responsibility, actually losing weight, so y'all mm-hmm. don't feel like this all the time. And so they actually start making healthier choices. So there's a good message there. There is. They finally are making good choices because yes. somebody's showing them good leadership with that, and not don't the Tony Perkins way. Yes. Anyway, um, parents anyway, visiting day. the parents visit at that same time. Tony, you know, tricks little Nicholas with a Hershey kiss that's not real, and then gets himself out. Next thing you know, he's like all strung out. He's in the rafters. He comes down. He's breaking like glass, talking about how, you lots, know. Lots of great backflips yeah. involved. He talks to the parents because all the parents are like, you know, shocked now too because they've just shown a video showing how horrible it was because at this point, he owed the camera guy like $600 that's been filming it, but he hasn't paid him. Right. So they convinced the camera guy to, hey, let's make this awesome video showing how bad he is. Right. So he does. He shows all these clips of horrible things that Tony did in front of the parents. Well, Tony comes down and is like, you know, that's not going to fly. Here's this. I'm in control. I'm the man here. Because Tony's dad is the one that actually is paying for all this. Uh, I love that he comes up to Jerry's dad and says all this stuff, and he's like, no, sir. He's like, you are done. I don't know if he's done here or finished here. And You're punches finished him. Here, yeah. And like and punches him. And like you can tell hurt his hand or whatever. But yeah. anyway, just to go ahead and fly through the rest so that way I'm not telling you the entire story. They uh the camp gets over Tim or uh what's the name? Pat. No. No, Tony. Tony. <laughs> I don't know I'm thinking Tim. Tony comes back, or his dad shows up. You see Tony in the back of a limo, mm-hmm. you know, hair fried, like all going home. He's you know, telling the parents to take the kids home. He's shutting it down. Sorry, they'll get refunds. You know, don't sue him. Yeah. And then they all want to stay because they really want to be there and enjoy it. And even they want to do lose weight. Yeah. And so Pat steps up. He takes the role. He's been there the longest. He's been there 18 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he takes over. And then they, the whole time there's this Apache relay with the sports camp. Yes. That's an all-boys camp too. But they're like all the jocks like and fit guys. Honestly, it's played by a bunch of what would be called preppy kids back in the 90s. Yes. Really snobby kids, the way they're acting. Uh, But it's cool. They have this giant relay that not only handles sports, but it also does stuff with your mind, like Mm -hmm. thoughts. uh, Name at least five vice presidents. Can you do that now? No, I I don't even know if I can do that. No, Um, I couldn't do that. But they do that. They do like recognizing what artwork is and naming who drew it and what the name of the artwork Mm -hmm. was. Um, I took art appreciation in college, and I don't know that I could pass that now. But uh, there's all sorts of stuff. But they end up racing go-karts to finish. Uh, they are dressed up like... Jerry, Jerry's biggest dream here. Jerry's been... This whole reason he finally probably conceded to go to camp was go-karts. Because uh, I want to say, too, like there's a quick little line that Jerry was telling his dad when he showed up. He's like, Dad, you know, they took away the go-karts. He's like, I'm not sending you to go-kart camp. I didn't send camp. you to go-kart camp. And so... Back to where we're at, though, there's a big relay. Uh, they come in, they win. You know, the jock, you know, the main guy, the head, I guess, leader of that camp comes up all upset, talking about a rematch, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, it's, it's all about this trophy, you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, you're getting our trophy back. And so he hands it to a guy named Sims, who's a big dude, and he turns now, around. Wasn't Sims the, uh, the agent in First Kid? 
Maybe. No, was he? No. Well, the character's name. Not oh, I was about to say. I don't know. Agent Sims. Don't anyway, Sims. Anyway. He sends an airmail by chunking it straight into the lake. So everything ends up, they you know have a great time. Uh, the camp finishes out. Great movie, honestly. I've not done it justice by just talking about it. I'm not great at summarizing things. So hopefully you hung through it with us. But uh, pretty good. But uh, it's for me, you know, going in just to a personal side of it. You know, I talked earlier about how you know I was like the fat kid growing up, and how th- movies like this, I just loved growing up. There right. was there's certain movies, you know, that just you couldn't make this now. You couldn't make this movie now. There'd be so many people shutting it down. Uh, I think back to other movies too. Not even for like reasons of not being good. It just would not. It's different times. Like same way, Sandlot. Probably couldn't come out. Little Giants couldn't come out now. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. You know, all these type of, the Big Green, you know, all I mean, sorts of movies like this from back then. Different times, different eras. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Mighty Ducks. Like, we're talking about, sure, TV shows will come back out now, but they're depending on all of us that watch that show growing up to share it with, you know, our kids or, you know, watching it and tuning in. But uh, just that time period, I felt like there was just a great 90s family movies from back then that, you know, you don't get now. You get a lot of animated things that are cool. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the stuff that comes out now is cool. But you don't get these type of movies. And I feel like for us, you hold on to something nostalgic about that. Um, you know, and some are better than others. But we talked, you know, about The Sandlot before. And Sandlot still holds up. Sandlot's yeah. a great movie. It's fantastic. Uh, and this is one of those things. You have attachment to it, though. So anytime you see it, you still, like, there's a part of you that from your childhood kind of just grabs out of your heart, just was a little bit warm or glows or something. You know, even you hear songs from it or something. The same way for this movie for me, it's it's just a funny movie. And there was, it's weird where you're, you're watching this, and I started quoting things. And I couldn't remember any of these lines from this movie. I couldn't have told you what I just told you about this movie until watching it again the other night. Right. But it's just those little things that are ingrained in you where you watched it as a kid and you laughed really hard as a kid. And now you come back and you're quoting again all these lines and all these things. And Erica, you know, she watched it with me the other night, and she said she remembered watching it at some point, but didn't really remember anything about it. And she was laughing her head off the yeah. other night. Uh, and I get it; there is some adult language and stuff in there. There's a little, you know, a couple things like that. But overall, for a family movie, it's about what you're going to get for a family movie. Yeah. Um, but I just loved it. Uh, for me, I, you know, I've, I've mentioned I was the fat kid growing up. I remember, in, I think it was either fourth or fifth grade. Uh, we went in for like little health exam type things at school. And you all got weighed. They did your your height, your weight, and something else. And so I remember as a class, we were walking, and we did that. And we were leaving, and we're all walking back to our class. And I remember, I don't know, I'm not going to say his name, because by all means, I'm not trying to shame him. He's a great dude. But uh, I was talking to him, and I considered him a really good friend. And, I, you know, for me, it was the first time I realized that I was over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'd never, like, been weighed and really thought about it. But when you're being weighed amongst your peers... And they're not shouting it out loud. They're just telling you what it is. But to realize, because as you're walking back, everybody's, oh, I weighed this or I'm this much tall or whatever. And then in my mind, I'm like, nobody is close to me right now. Right. I'm way over, you know, I'm 100, over 100 pounds. So I turned to my friend and I was like, you know, man, what would you do, you know, if your friend weighed over 100 pounds? And he looked at me. He's like, I wouldn't have no friends that weighed over 100 pounds. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, me either. You yeah, know, <laughs> you know, that's what you do. But. So for me, when you have a movie like this, you know, you relate to it. I was never, you know, sure, I was a, somewhat of a jock. I played sports and I enjoyed them, but I was never in that type of a role. You know, growing up, you always had, you know, jocks were the bad, not jocks in, in general, but just the preppy jocks that were just jerks. I was more so, I guess, the character. But uh, 
you had that growing up, so you related to that. You related, you know, because I was singing about these movies. The ones I was telling you about, you know, Sandlot, you know, there's a fat guy in Sandlot. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He doesn't, he's not necessarily looked down, you know, but you have the preppy jocks come in, Porter, you know, Ham, calling him all sorts of names yeah. about him being fat. When they go into it with him, um, even Rookie of the Year, one of his good friends is a bigger, fatter dude mm-hmm. who's also in this movie. You don't see him until like later in the end. He's talking to Lars, and I think he's one of the ones putting honey because Lars gets trapped in the woods. We left this off. They t- they uh, roped him to a tree, and then finally they convince him to be on their side. So Lars comes and helps them out. But uh, uh, they he's in that movie, and there's I mean any of those movies uh, the same way with Little Giants. There's the fat kid that didn't get picked for the team when he's got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in his helmet, and he's got. You know, Cheetos, and they're not even crunchy. They're puffy, and they make fun of him. The coaches make fun of him. You know, he doesn't get picked for the team, and he drops his M&Ms or Skittles, whatever, roll out of his bag onto the ground. You know, there's always a fat kid. So, like, you kind of related with that. You know, I guess for me, I took the role of I'm hoping I'm not that fat kid. Right. But at the same time, you realize, you know, same way, looking at Power Rangers, you would pick the most popular Power Ranger to be like, that's who I want to be. Yeah, you wouldn't pick Bulk. No, you wouldn't pick Bulk or Skull. But definitely not both. Yeah. But uh, even though that's more likely who we would have been. But uh, anyway, that's how it was for me. So I related to this movie. This movie stood out to me a lot. And it was cool to see a movie where they all, because that line does hit home where he said, nobody makes fun of you here because we're all the fat kid. Yeah. And uh, and to see that and just see how they all get along and just the things that happen. Sure, it's not encouraging great health, but salamis taped to your back and everything else. But right. great family movie, great funny movie um, that I would say still holds up. It doesn't. Like I said, you couldn't put this movie in theaters now by any means. But if you grew up in the 90s watching it, I don't know if you could show it to your kids and get the same feel that you see it now. But right. I don't know. What are your thoughts with that? I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts. I mean, like I said, my first time watching it was two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wonder, like, just in my adult brain, it's like, okay, you know, a lot of fat shaming going on in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, like I said, 90s, 95 was a different time. Um, but... The, the only other thing that I just, you know, I kept thinking was, you know, this is Ben Stiller again playing White Goodman. Yeah, that's <laughs> Pretty true. Pretty much to a T from Dodgeball 10 years earlier. Like, it, the, the resemblance is just uncanny. Like, it was just. It literally could have been him growing up. He changed his him, name. And then he changed his name. And it, I mean, even the story lines up in yeah. Dodgeball. He's like, you know, I built this body and I earned this gym with a little can work at atti- or can do attitude and hard work. And yes, a large inheritance from my father. Yeah. So <laughs> honestly, for all we I know, it could be. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed, um, but I enjoyed the banter. I enjoyed the um, the, the way the kids interacted with each other, um, and you know, just enjoyed the movie. I mean, it wasn't. Um, I don't know if I would go back and like watch it like. Just to go back and rewatch it, mm. unless you know someone's like, "Hey, let's watch this." You know, I wouldn't suggest it never. Uh, sure, but but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a good way to spend Tuesday night. Mm. Um, and it's much better than Incredible Hulk. You didn't walk away and be like it was a. Well, here's the thing: I didn't watch the Incredible <laughs> sure. Hulk. I we I actually so watched this one. So, so I mean, if anything, um, that, that's you know probably the best praise I can give it is it's what you know you got kids you want to throw something on but you don't want to really be too committed to it mm-hmm. like you are with like Marvel movies or Star Wars or whatever this is a fun little family movie it lasts about an hour and a half and it's a good way to spend a, a random night so yeah. um, so those are my thoughts nice um, Kyle yes at the age 12 okay I weighed 319 pounds I had bad skin low self esteem and no self respect and now I eat success for breakfast nice with skim milk of, of course pounds are gonna fly and best scenes are coming up, mister, and we're going to do it together. 
I'm but, feeling skinny, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what are your best scenes? <laughs> um, I love the scene at the beginning with his dad. Yeah, because it's hilarious to hear them go back and forth. Now, if it was my kid, I'd be like, you know, don't talk to me that way. But uh, I love the fact that first off, I'm thankful my parents were never the parents that were like, "You're fat. We're sending you to fat camp." Like, do they? Do, I'm sure they actually exist. I'm sure there's like ex- fit camps. Like, you know, it's like, not called know, fat camp. Yeah, but, you can't do that. But but uh, I loved it at the beginning. He's talking to him because um, he's really getting into it and enjoying it. But then he realizes it's fat camp, so he goes back and forth with his dad. Um, and I'll, it was one of my favorite or funny lines or whatever, but I'll go ahead and use it here. But he said, you know, I'm not going to camp with a bunch of fat loads. <laughs> and then his dad's like, oh, come on. And of course, like the guy from the camp's like, whoa, whoa, you don't say that. And he looks at his dad and he said, you're fatter than I am. Why don't you go to camp? <laughs> and he just walks off. Like, it's funny to me, just his quickness. He's very witty. Just throughout the whole movie, he keeps that wit to him. So I just couldn't. Well, I mean, it's, you know, we talked about how, like, in our experience, like in the Sandlot or whatever, mm-hmm. like the bigger kid is usually the funny kid too. Mm-hmm. We're big, both big guys, and I would say we tend to use humor as as a uh, as, as a, a crutch, as a crutch, or mm-hmm. as a defense mechanism. Yes. I mean, you become pretty quick witted when you've got to like defend from all these insecurities that mm-hmm. you feel are flying at you. So, I mean, it just in terms of like actual character, like real life character development there. I mean, that's a legitimate thing. That's I mean, true. He's going to be quick witted because he's probably got all these insecurities and he's mm-hmm. going to try to f- ward them off somehow. So um, I think so. How about you? Do you have any scenes? Um, I've got a couple, but like, I'll let you keep going or go with one. I really, um, I really enjoyed the scene where he, um, where they met uh, Pat for the first time, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting on the bus and mm-hmm. just the camaraderie there. And, um, you know, just, you know, kind of set the tone for a really good movie. Uh, enjoyed the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, the dance was uh, uh, was I thought, fun. I will say that too. Like being a fat kid growing up, looking at this, they got a lot of things right. Yes. They didn't just generalize fat kids and throw things at them. Like you could tell that somebody at least knew what it was like to be a fat kid growing up. Because yes. school dances, we literally with love songs last week. We talked about how if you <laughs> I'm had a, so hard not to break into song right now. <laughs> at, at a dance, you had the guys on one side, girls on the other, and especially if you're just a bunch of big dudes. The girls really probably aren't going to want much to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tony's plan was working perfect. He, you know, they were making fun of each other. But finally, the one guy that comes out that's super skinny now, but he was fat growing up going to that camp, which they make fun of him now because yeah. he's skinny. But he comes out doing this crazy dance, everything else. I think Nurse Julie finally comes out and dances with him. And it breaks the ice where all of a sudden these kids come together and dance together and have a really good time. A little bit, so. They do. They see past, you know, anybody being – you know, fat or whatever, and just have a really good time with each other, all the girls and the guys. Yeah. Um, I love that. There's a scene, too, with Pat. Pat's a great uh, a character to be a fat guy, especially one that's grown up that way, because there's the scene where he first meets Nurse Julie, where she comes up, and she's looking for, like, the nurse station, whatever it's called, or I don't remember what the correct term is, but pretty much, you know, where you would go if you got hurt to, to go see the nurse. She's looking for where that is because it's her first year there. Mm-hmm. And she's really pretty, and he has no clue what to say. He gets tongue-tied. It he tries to talk and everything else. Yes. <laughs> I completely got I, I made a note of that while watching. I was 100%. like... 100%. It still like, happens. Yes. Like you talked about how you try to be funny or whatever, but there's another thing of, oh, you're talking to me. Wait a second. Like, wait a minute. I actually have to have a conversation. Like, and then you just you trip over your words. Why is the pretty one talking exactly. to me? I don't get that, it. This never happens. No. And so that is a perfect scene because even the guy after that comes up, he's like, you've been here for like 18 years, and you don't know where that's at. And he's like, I, I didn't know what to say or whatever. Lost my words. <laughs> so I mean, I love how they do that because they don't just take it away and just make a bunch of funny about jokes about fat kids. 
they really take into consideration of what it's like being that person because you do you stumble over that you don't I don't know there's just a lot of that, that stood out to me in this movie um, I really like too the Apache relay they do at the end where yes. it's the guys versus you know the other guys the, the jocks, jocks from the other camp the preppy jocks um, they do this scene and we talked a little bit about it earlier but I feel like that's a 90s thing because I feel like there was creativity in that for me that would wanted would have wanted to create things like that for my friends. Like, hey, you're gonna spin up, we're gonna try to do this like relay thing, so you can win. And I'm like, I know people still do relays now. I'm not like you know, I know that. But for me, it made me think about being a kid. Like things like that would inspire me to try to put something together like that. I remember my sister would babysit myself and my cousins and sometimes Ashley Tart and her sister. And we would put together all sorts of stuff like this for summertime to come together and do things um, to have little competitions with each other. And it wasn't all sports stuff. It was all sorts of things. Um, but that scene I really liked. I liked how they included more than just sports, even though the kids were decent at sports too. Yes. Um, I'm trying to go back. After watching it, I really remember, or just for the first time, realized how much I love the character Lars. Yes. Lars, for me, is one of the, like, he makes this movie for me. There's a lot of random lines that he just comes up and says or throws out there, little scenes with him that just makes this thing hilarious. For one, for instance, Nurse comes out there, all the kids are out in the lake swimming, and he's right there, and like he's talking to her nonstop instead of looking at the kids. And he's like, you know, she's like, shouldn't you be watching them? And he's like, oh, I have them on the body system. And she's like, the body system? He's like, yeah, look, body! And then all the kids, body! buddy, they raise their you know, companion's hand. Uh, Josh, uh, sitting on the beer by himself, just raises his hand and yells, whatever. <laughs> I noticed that, but they kept going back and forth. He's like, buddy! And they just keep going back and forth, and she realizes, oh, buddy, because buddy, Lars, yeah. you know, has a very thick accent. Yes. But uh, they go from there. Like, there's so many scenes that he just does that's random. That he just brings in little quick lines. The same way, you know, he's first working out with Tony, and Tony's like, can you feel it? And he's like, I'm feeling skinny, Tony! Like, because Lars is in great shape anyway, yes. but just improving these infomercials because we're not, I guess, infomercial, but I've seen so many of those growing up that that's exactly what you would see. Late night, you look at the middle of the night and some guy's working out on TV. You'd have random people in the back. I'm feeling it. This is great. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yep. You see it now with got. Peloton commercials. That's true. I mean, um, <laughs> all right, we're going to hit this 20-mile uh, this uh, ride on the mountain here. Let's go to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, like as they ride their bike, you know, with their open window in the city. Like, we got a little competition here today as people are <laughs> logging on. I saw that yesterday. I see you, Kristen, in St. Louis or whatever. <laughs> uh, the only other scene that really stood out for me, uh, there's a scene where they're encouraging Pat to take over the camp, and they start cheering for him. Like, Pat, yeah. Pat, 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 Pat. And all I can think about is Mighty Ducks. <laughs> where it's like, quack, 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 quack. It's just getting louder and louder and louder. For me, because they honestly sound the same. Mm-hmm. Jerry's the one starting it off. He's in the Mighty Ducks, too. Yep. So, like, all these things, like, I couldn't help but think because the Mighty Ducks came out. I think the third one was the one that was going to come after, after. So, they already made one and two by this time. Right. But, uh, I don't know. It's not important. It was just random. And that was just my thought that I had. But I don't know. Well, Kyle. Yeah. Don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Okay. And lead the way as we discuss our favorite quotes. Okay. Uh, we've already done some of these. Yes, we have. So and I've, I've got some really good ones here. So. Uh, there's one for me. I'll start and then let you jump in. Uh, Lars is taking pictures of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's Josh. It's either Josh or Roy. But, like, they're just fat. Like, he's taking pictures. He's like, stop holding the sign that way. Or, like, and he looks at him and smiles. He's like, you've broken my camera. Yes. Like, he's so <laughs> upset. Um, 
once again, Lars is just hilarious in this movie, but uh, for me, just you've broken my camera, like the way he yells it at him just for being fat and getting his picture so, taken. Ben Stiller's character, Tony Perkins, yes. has like the best line. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna try to do some of these, um, like justice. So, mm-hmm. good morning, campers. Today is evaluation day. The key word here is value. Do you have any? Not yet. But by the time camp is over, you will all be a bunch of skinny winners. <laughs> is that, did he say skinny winners? Yes. <laughs> Um, attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. Yes. Um, Lars, I, I've uh, wondered if I could ever get away with like doing that over the intercom. You should. You should like, at least try. Hey, uh, attention uh, students, lunch has been canceled today because y'all didn't hustle in my class today. Mm. Deal with it. No, we can't do that. There's another one. I kind of even separated it between Lars and Tony. Uh, Lars also says, you know, I must inform you, I have a very... There's a really deviated septum. When I sleep at night, I make a very disturbing sound. Yes. Don't be alarmed. I am fine. And so the next scene is them like snoring and making these horrible, deathly noises, mm-hmm. and the kids not being able to sleep. Uh, Tony, there's a scene where that scene we spoke of earlier, where he's getting them on the scale to to yeah. get weighed in, and then he like gets so upset that he shuts the camera off, does everything else. He's like, you know, you're gonna take this serious, blah blah blah, and he gets all upset. And he's like, okay, roll camera, let's go. And he's all excited and yes. happy again. Then Josh steps up, or Jerry, I think it's Josh, he steps up, and he's like, all right, get on the scale. Get off the scale. Yes, because as soon as he steps scale. on, he's so much heavier. He's just so upset. But it was just I kept waiting for that with Eric was watching it, not expecting it. Get on the scale. Get off the scale. Some more uh, Tony Perkins lines mm-hmm. here. Being an only child, educated entirely by private tutors my whole life, I'm looking forward to interacting with children for the first time. Yes. Um, this one actually hits home, and I'll, I'll tell the story why. Um, congratulations. You've just joined the 76% of Americans who forget the stretch before doing any physical activity. <laughs> um, five years ago, mm-hmm. um, b- prior to playing our staff student volleyball game mm-hmm. at North Johnston Middle School, um, I was one of the 76% of Americans who forgot the stretch before doing physical activity. And on the second play of the game, mm-hmm. I tore my calf muscle. Um, not the best thing to do. Especially being the PE teacher. Exactly. <laughs> so I was on crutches for three weeks because, um, you know, torn calf. Um this past week, we um, we had our staff student basketball game on stretch. Tuesday, and I literally almost forgot again. And I was like, "Wait a minute!" Before they announced me, I need to stretch real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like power stretching yep. against the wall. Earned every bit of that two points, two rebounds, one steal, seven fouls, and look at all those <laughs> stats, folks. But you didn't fouls. foul out. <laughs> they didn't keep track of it, like, but I felt like they, I didn't keep track of the fouls either. But like, I felt like they kept whistling me for fouls. Like I didn't touch them. <laughs> um, Just and, keeping the game fair. Yeah. So um, hey, Tony had two lines that. Uh, I think could be life mottos for you going forward. Yes. Uh, anyone who brings candy, candy into this camp, camp is, is not your friend. Your friend. He's, He's a destroyer. destroyer. <laughs> you know, now that you're diabetic, I feel like that's a new motto for you. Anybody that brings candy into your life is not a friend. I was really thankful today because, you know, like all the kids are having like the Valentine's Day parties today because mm-hmm. they're not going to be in school tomorrow. And I had kids bring me Valentine's, but no candy was with them today. Oh, that's nice. I was like, that was really not like I had a kid bring me a bouncy ball, which was really cool. That's really cool. And it was like, way to, uh, way to look out for Coach Creech. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy good. you bounced into my life. I'm like, oh, that's really oh, that's cool. awesome. So, um, really cool. Um, I got. Uh, I don't. I think this might have been Lars. It might have been. I can't remember who, but I'm too strong. I'm too motivated, and you're too weak. <laughs> yes. So like, uh, I need. I need to use that line a little more in class. So. Here's one more for uh, for you. A life motto by Tony Perkins. Perkis. Perkis, sorry. Uh, Come on, Devon. Get your names right. We're not teaching them about sports. We're teaching them about life. 
I've, that's you. I feel like I've said that before. <laughs> it's like this isn't about sports; it's about life. <laughs> so that's like you get some solid things from Tony in this movie. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, Kyle, yes, there are so many myths about the abdominal muscles. <laughs> I'm happy to put this one to rest. Okay. In every episode, we do a deep dive, looking for fun facts and trivia that you may not know about. That is no myth. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into our six favorite bits of trivia. We're doing three apiece. Okay. You go first. Uh, my first one, I kind of already mentioned it, but. Aaron Schwartz, Sean Weiss, and Kenan Thompson all starred in at least one of the Mighty Ducks movies. Uh, and they're all main characters. And I, I feel like that's kind of a, a known thing where it's like recognizable faces to be like, oh, you're right, fresh off the Mighty Ducks. Come do this to attract people. But either way, uh, Schwartz was in the first movie as Carp. He's the one that gets knocked out uh, heading in. I think he hits his head straight on a goalpost. So he gets shoved down by the competitor. You know, they come back to try to win for him. Uh, Thompson and... Or well, Keenan Thompson plays uh, Russ Tyler in D2 and D3, and then Weiss plays Goldberg in all three movies. Um, just for me, I just love that. Uh, for me, I think that in some alternative universe, maybe that's just their summer. Like, yeah. they're not playing hockey, so they're going off to summer camp. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first one. Uh, well, an interesting tie-in fact with that, Sean Weiss was originally not interested in acting in this film. Mm-hmm. But he changed his mind when he found out if he did not act in heavyweights, he would not be allowed to act in D3 of the Mighty Ducks. So I wonder who put that to him. I mean, it was probably you know, part of a contract with like Disney. I mean, like they have him sign for like a, a few films or whatever since he's a kid, like maybe with his parents or whatever. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we need you to do this. Otherwise, you're not, we're not going to put you in Mighty Ducks 3. And I don't know how that would work. Like, how do you have Mighty Ducks 3 without Goldberg? I know. Not like having that now, but like, I guess you could have made it work. But still, uh, let's see which one, my name one. This is random. It's not honestly anything really great, but uh, Jerry, the main kid, was wearing an Islanders hockey team shirt when he was leaving the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even mentioned when he gets home and finds out that his parents have something you know, introduced to him. Uh, the guy introducing him to the like camp Islanders, points team of out. The future. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was just cool to see, because like I said, being a big Mighty Ducks fan that I am, just that little nod of hockey, you know, first seeing the entire movie is this kid's coming out with a hockey shirt on. You know, and he doesn't really come off as somebody that really cares much about sports. So, like in my mind, it was just cool little nod to that. And just to add on to like shirt stuff, there's a kid in that same scene. It may have been his friend who's wearing a white shirt with his big black letters. Just said, "Mean people suck." Yes. And I was like, "That's that's an ideal shirt right there." Um, my number four. Um, mm-hmm. As part of his first date with his eventual wife, one of the writers of this movie, Judd Apatow, mm-hmm. tried to impress Leslie Mann by showing her this film. I mean. Hopefully okay. it went well. I, I, obviously, they got married. I mean, I don't know how this went over. I, I can honestly say I've never, um, you know, on a first date, played part of, parts of the What the What podcast. To try well, maybe to you can show heavyweights. So. <laughs> maybe we can show heavyweights instead. So. Uh, my last one, Aaron Schwartz, during that giant scene, we, we kind of skimmed over a little bit, but once they kind of retake over the camp and go nuts, eating everything, like giant whatever, do anything that you want to possibly do with food type deal, uh, Actually, during the recording of this, Aaron Schwartz, who played Jerry, the main kid, was running with a bucket of chicken, slipped, fell, and broke his arm. Uh, While he went to the hospital, they covered his stand-in. They covered that guy's face with chocolate syrup and kept shooting. Uh, Said, if you watch the scene, you may notice this. They tried to hide and shoot around Aaron's arm that was in a cast for a couple weeks. Anytime he saw him then, they were not filming his arm. Right. But um, wild night there. All right. Number six. um, In 2012, during a PBS telethon, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira, who play the Bushkins, Ben Stiller's actual parents, played the, playing the Bushkins, mm-hmm. um, they spoke to the camera during this PBS telethon side by side, just like in the Camp Hope promotional video. The same music that was played in the Camp Hope promotional video played in the background during this telethon, which is you know just okay. a nice little shout out there. So. Um, 
Kyle? Yes. Let me make something very clear. Okay. Why don't you go for that? The What the What podcast does not work with listeners like Chris Rode. Okay? Okay. How can I sell a podcast about random Disney movies from the 90s if we don't do a social media shout-out and mention him? Well, I'm working on it. I'm pulling huh? it up. Who's going to listen to that? Huh? I'm pulling it up. So now that we've mentioned him, let's get to our social media shout-outs. Well, now that you mentioned him, you want to know what Chris Rhodes said? <laughs> what did Chris Rhodes say? Never seen it. He's never seen it. <laughs> which so, uh, I don't blame him. I hadn't seen it either until Tuesday, which I think, didn't he watch some of it Tuesday night? I encouraged him. He said, I'm watching The Masked Singer with his son Jasper, so maybe later. Uh, and that's about all he said about it. But no, he said, watching it now. He said, it's filmed in North Carolina, hence the Bojangles and Panthers jersey you see at the beginning of the movie. Chris Rode coming, with the, coming in with the fun facts and trivia. Look at him eyeballing deep things. Di- deep diving for us without even trying. I didn't even notice a Bojangles in that scene. I didn't either. <laughs> uh, let's see. I know a lot of you guys really tuned in or like chimed in with uh, this. A, a quick uh, shout out. Uh, Jenny Varnum, who's no longer on Facebook, mm-hmm. but... Um, we're hoping we will get her thoughts uh, prior to us recording so we can make sure she's included because we know she's also our biggest fan. So. We did find out that she's never seen it either. She's never seen it either. <laughs> so, um, Something that was cool, though, is this, you know, we, we put this out on Instagram and then put it out on Facebook. And for me, you know, like I said, it was a movie that I really liked that was funny growing up. Same way, I wasn't a kid that, like, watched it over and over and over, but I saw it and was like, oh, it's a funny movie. I like that. I was surprised about how many of you guys actually really liked this movie. Like, as soon as I posted it, you guys went nuts commenting about it. A lot of people have seen this movie and really enjoyed it. Uh, Jonathan Bullard said, excellent movie. I love the older Disney stuff like this. Uh, Kevin Strickland said, I remember first watching this movie at Michael Latcher and Stephen Ray Latcher's house years ago. Uh, For some reason, the quote, I'm feeling skinny, Tony, is random spoken from time to time still. So it's part of Kevin's possibly daily or weekly vocabulary to say this. Um, Talk about and, a deep dive. And then Stephen Ray Latcher replied back to Kevin, so am I, Lars, so am I. I'm talking <laughs> about Vince Stiller. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stephen Ray Latcher said he learned to never put Twinkies on your pizza. Yes. Millie Wilson said it's one of her favorites. Uh, I worked with her. We talked about that today, and she even brought it up again about how she much loved that movie. Uh, Kevin Savigny said he's never seen it, but the sandwich on the cover of the movie looks good. It does look good. It's a little concerning. There's a person, there's a person in, in it, that though, sandwich. If you, don't look, if you look closely, it's like, oh, wait, there's a kid there. There's a head hanging out. Yes, just a little bit. Um, let's see. Laura Daniels Davis said this is one of the movies on her list that she's never seen, but she agrees the sandwich looks good. And uh, I'm concerned about the possible cannibalism. She said it's on officially there. on her list. Uh, Nathan Owensby, never seen it. Uh, you you admitted to the public that you had never seen it. And it was my idea to, to do this movie, yes, and, and uh, I'd never seen it, which the things we do for this show, folks. Kevin Strickland's wife, Mickey, chimed in and said, Eric, I had not seen it either until about a month ago when we got Disney Plus and Kevin saw it on there. It's funny. And then you posted a picture where you were finally watching it. Yeah. And then Ashby Brain said, I love the candy stashes they had everywhere and how insane Ben Stiller was in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think that about wraps it up. We had you know a ton of likes and on uh, some love on there. Instagram, we didn't do so much that time. Facebook okay. was the big area on this one. Cool, cool. Uh, but it was cool to see that. It was cool to hear from you guys because it really, I was really surprised at how quick you guys just jumped in about this movie because it's one of those ones that you either saw it or you didn't. That's it. So. And uh, thanks well, for even chiming in and saying you never saw it. We appreciate it, you, uh, you chiming in. Again, uh, what, what Media on Facebook and Instagram and WTW underscore uh, media on Twitter. So... All right, friends, a big thank you to Ricky Lyles, mm-hmm. Tim Hutchinson, who For sure. um, our wonderful and irre- irreplaceable producer and researcher, uh, Ricky, again, letting us use his house even when he's not here, mm-hmm. and Tim did all the research on this for us. 
Um, you know, I did very little research on this movie. He came through in a clutch here. So, uh, but we hope that you've enjoyed this discussion as much as we did, and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into '90s nostalgia, Disney, random Disney movies, and other things that we talk about here on this podcast. Next week, we are discussing our favorite video game consoles. I'm excited. Very excited about that one as well. Until next time, just Father Scott, Mother Earth, and your dear old What the What podcasters. Stay as cool. <laughs> As the other side of the pillow, and we will see you next week. What the what? Bye. Bye.